Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. Hey, friends. Welcome back to Infertility and Me podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you so much for being here with me and letting me be a part of your day. <sighs> 2020 is coming to a close, you guys. Your love, your support. I just love you guys. And you, you just have no idea what it means to me that you share this space with me each week through every episode, through me learning how to be a better podcaster and just connecting with me on Instagram as well. Thank you guys so, so much. You're probably wondering what that noise is in the background. And you guys know that I'm a work at home mama. And so from time to time during this episode and many other episodes, you may hear Omar sometimes. So I apologize in advance if it's too distracting for you, but hey, it's mom life. But thank you so much guys for being here with me and hanging it out with me at the Infertility and Me podcast. Today's episode is with my girl, Marilyn B. Gomez. She is going to be our co-host for today's episode and helping me in the season right by shooting the shit, laying back. You guys can check out her Infertile Tees shop at www.infertiletees.com. You can connect with her on Instagram at Marilyn, M-A-R-I-L-Y-N-B Gomez on Instagram as well. And just, I can't say thank you enough, you guys. This whole last year has been incredible, incredible, incredible connecting with so many fertility friends, so many great products and services and organizations giving back to the community selflessly. Thank you guys. I just can't say it enough. Like, thank you so much. So Meryl and I have a lot of candid moments in this episode. We're just shooting the shit. Girl talk along with talking about how to bring intimacy back into your marriage or your long-term relationship and how resentment affects you during infertility or as I should say, during your path to parenthood and getting help for that, mental health for that. And we also speak about small ways and, and small gestures and ways that we can connect with our spouses and then knowing your spouse's love language as well as your own, which is really important for knowing how to love on them the way they want to be loved and not loving on them the way you like to be loved. And it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of practice to do. I always have work to do in that department. And I'm sure that you guys do as well. And I just want to remind you that you can always submit publicly to be on the show at www.infertilityandmepodcast.com. Tap or click on Get in Touch. We have a new series coming to the podcast in the new year, which I'm so freaking excited about. And it's called Anonymous Infertility Warriors. And that is going to be a new series featuring guests who want to share publicly about their story, but do not want to have their identity revealed, whether it's for work purposes or for personal reasons. I just wanted to give space to warriors who want to tell their stories, but not do it publicly. And so that begins in the new year. So you guys make sure that you're subscribed. And so when I begin the new season, season two of the Infertility of Me podcast in January, 
you will be notified as soon as the first episode is going to be available. And those stories with anonymous infertility warriors will be featured on Fridays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And then I will have regular public episodes uh, featured on Tuesdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And so I'm so excited for the episodes coming up in the new year and all the amazing things that I wish to do. And you can also connect with me on Instagram as well as for my other girls within the community, Monica, my so-called IVF, Aaron, my little squish, 18, Aaron from Not Your Average IVF Story, and Jordy, JPBS, and I forget the rest of Jordy's uh, handle on Instagram. <laughs> Sorry, Jordy. But you can connect with the five of us with a new page that we created, and it's called Stories and Support. And it's featuring and highlighting diverse stories within the community, whether that's childless because of infertility, LGBTQ plus community, just all types of stories, diverse stories to give space on Instagram for you guys to connect with other people in the community because the community is very small, but it's still so very large. And it can be overwhelming when you first join and you don't know where to start. You don't know where to begin. You don't know how to connect with people. And so that page, Stories and Support, on Instagram will be exactly that place for you to start. It'll be your starting point to be able to connect with others in the community if you just go through the followers list, resources, and communities that are online, podcasts that you can listen to that are fertility-related and fertility-related. And then if you go to the followers of that page, there's so many followers already and you can find other warriors to follow. And whenever there's a new warrior featured, feel free to follow them and I'm sure they'll follow you back. And, you know, so you can find a smaller tribe within a large tribe. You know what I mean? I think it's so important to have a select group of people that you can trust in the community apart from being a part of the larger community. And Stories and Support was originally called New Infertility Warrior Follow Friday. And so when Aaron and Monica rebranded, they asked myself, Aaron and Jordy to be a part of the team to help promote its diversity. I, we really just want it to be a place for you to start when you join the community and when you want to connect with new people that you may not have never heard of and be a resource for other resources that are within the community to help you along your way to your path to parenthood. And if you would like to be featured on that platform, just click on email and you can email us and let us know. And we'll get back to you and let you know when your story will be featured on the page on Fridays. And so I'm so excited about that. And there's some other things in the works. I just love this community so much. So passionate about helping you guys ease the pain and the grief that comes along with infertility and just trying to help you stay sane, guys. And um, I appreciate you so much for your feedback on the survey, the yearly podcast survey. And so that is also still linked in today's show details so that you can submit your feedback about the podcast if you haven't already. And there's some other links in the show details. I always have a lot of things in the show details so that you guys can come back and reference whatever you'd like and to connect with the guests that have been on the show in previous months. And shout out to all you guys who have been on all of our episodes here on the Infertility and Me podcast, probably about 80 episodes now, including the bonus episode. So just everybody just being so selfless and so giving. I love that's what I love about this community. You know, we're all just trying to help one another uh, navigate this thing called life. 
and that thing called infertility, man, you know, so I'm so excited about 2021 and what we can do and build and continue to grow together and be of support to one another. And you guys know you can always get in contact with me on Instagram at Infertility and Me Podcast, as well as Monique at Infertility and Me Podcast.com by email. Love you guys so much. Be right back in just a second with Marilyn B. Gomez. Shoot the shit. Year in the review. Happy fucking new year, everybody. That's amazing. We're going to go out with 2020 in a bang. I feel like we need shots of tequila. Like, I got, uh, what am I sipping on? I'm sipping on some libations, especially for those who cannot do that at the moment. And I have me some Cavassier. Oh, pasta Cavassier. <laughs> I hate the right Rhymes, right? Yeah. Pasta Cavassier. Oh my gosh. Pasta That's Cavassier. Old school. I know, right? But hold on though. I don't feel like I graduated from high school 19 you, years ago, man. Okay. Are you serious? When you put it into that perspective, it's like, what? That's... I mean, when you put it that way, Monique, like you're, you know, you literally just put a number on it. Then all of a sudden my knees hurt. My back <laughs> hurts a little bit. My neck is tweaking. Listen. But honestly, like I feel like I have more energy and wisdom and capacity at 38 years old than I did at high school. Hell yes. Hell yes. Times were so different then too. Like we were still printing. I graduated in 2001. You graduated in 2099, uh, Maryland. 2000. So we were still printing out directions to people's houses yes, and to we places. MapQuest. Hello. MapQuest. And remember those big, stupid, ugly devices that we had to have on our dashboard to get directions? And we had to plug it into like the um. Oh my gosh. The radio. The cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I never had one of those, but my friends did. And I always felt like they were much cooler than I. OMG. I just can't even believe it. My jam was MapQuest. I would print everything up. Yeah. I would staple it. And I don't know how, how I would do both. I think, I mean, obviously our memories were probably better back then in that regard. Like, okay, I'm going to memorize this address. Mm -hmm. Here it is in my front seat in case I don't remember how to get there. Absolutely. Like nobody, people are hitting each other with their vehicles, reading text messages. We used to have to read a long ass paper full of directions. Well, and nowadays we don't even have to remember anyone's phone number. I mean, if I was stranded, if like the apocalypse came, Monique, and you know, all of the cell phone towers exploded and there's like bombs flying and missiles and cannons, and then there's no service. I, the only number I know how to call is 911 and 411. Someone please call 911. Remember oh that song? <laughs> White Club Jean. Oh my gosh. Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Like, I feel like, I feel like, I'll say 80s babies, but 70s babies are included in it. Like, we grew up through everything. Yeah. All the technological advances. It's so true. I, you know, the other day, my husband and I were just reminiscing when we were, we started dating. Mm -hmm. We started dating in 2002 and cassettes were still out. Yes. 2002 does not feel like it was that far away for me. Not at all. At all. It does not like, it does not feel like we, I was just singing. 
uh, cash money taking over for the nine nine and the two thousand. Like <laughs> at my my high school homecoming, like it does not feel like it feels like a blink of an eye. I remember that whole day, getting my hair done, getting my outfit, stepping out with the homies. What color was your dress? I didn't wear no damn dresses. I was a daggone tomboy, okay? Uh I didn't start wearing dresses until I was at least 25. Okay, so what did you wear? I wore pants suits to all the homecomings. That's my girl. Pants suits. I had my hair like half up in pin curls and the rest of it was down. My hair was like armpit length back then. It was like medium length. You know, I had my little lipstick on. I was always good with makeup, so I had my lipstick on, my my, um, eyeliner, dark eyeliner, and I thought I was doing it. You know, we thought we were super cute. I mean, we were cute. You know what I mean? But it just looks so different than the high schoolers now. Uh, you should see what the kids are wearing now. To their That's what I'm homecoming. saying. Like, girls are looking like they're going to the freaking New York Fashion Week. It's like it's crazy. dresses. Like, we, I mean, it was customary for us to wear, like, gowns, long gowns. And you went to the hairdresser to get your hair done. You never, you didn't leave the house without your corsage and your date and mm-hmm. your little sparkly purse. And now it's like, I don't think a lot of effort. I mean, I don't want to say that. I think it looks different for them today. Like their style, their vibe is so different. And I kind of like it. You know, I like it, but I feel like some of the girls too grown. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. And that's not to judge, you know, the little girls, uh, the teenagers or their parents or anything like that. But it's just so much different. Well, yeah, so, and so now they different. have access to so much information, anything that they want at their fingertips. So definitely, I feel like, you know, I, I don't think I could have survived high school in mm-hmm. this generation at all. I'd have been There's like no cast way. down and cast out and had tomatoes thrown at me and stuff. They'd have been calling me like all kinds of names yeah, other than the name cool I was already. born with. Yeah. Because I was I was a tomboy, man, and you just don't I don't see a whole lot of girls being tomboys anymore the way that I used to. And maybe it's just because I don't have a teenager, but I don't yeah. know. It's it, I when we were growing up, it was a lot of girls that were tomboys and didn't like do the whole provocative thing until we got out of high school. I feel like I don't know. Be- yeah. Maybe it was because of the whole Aaliyah era where she was she had like that Aaliyah. sexy, cool tomboy. Oh, she had, like, the crop top and yeah. like, the big jeans. And yeah, she did the Tommy Hilfiger face. branding all the time. And then like TLC was like sexy, oh, half sexy, tomboyish. Cool. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. sexy, cool. Come on. What do they know about it? Nothing at all. Yeah, uh, for sure. Like, so you guys, this, this episode is like free for all. It's a year in the review of Infertility and Me podcast. So I have my girl Marilyn B. Gomez on the pod. We're shooting this shit. We're going to talk a little bit about marriage and like resentment just so we can have a topic. But I don't know if we'll stay on topic, you know. Can I just say, though, like since we started talking about like high school and all of that, Mm -hmm. you and I literally talk. I mean, we talk every day. day. We Mm -hmm. talk every (laughs) single day in the morning. Good morning, my darling. At night, good night with gossip in between and connecting and all the tea and all of that every day. I feel like this year that was so needed and mm-hmm. almost like when we when we were teenagers, right? Mm-hmm. I remember grabbing the cordless phone from my parents' room and like going to my room waiting for my friends to call and just mm-hmm. being on the phone talking all day. Talking. And there's something so powerful about talking like instead of texting. Yes, yes. Because you get to hear the person's tone, their intent where they're at and you can meet them mm-hmm. where they are and i there's a level of being present when you're talking to someone on the phone than texting and so i just so appreciate our friendship and 
you know, our ability to like always meet each other where we are mm -hmm. and just being able to talk about literally everything, anything. everything and anything. And yeah. so I'm just so, I mean, if 2020, I mean, it was a shit show, but mm -hmm. that like that alone, that friendship with you has been such a blessing. And like how quickly we fell in love with, with, with one another. <laughs> Like when you were on my show, I remember saying, Monique, I literally, I was like, Monique, I literally, we literally just met like in May when yeah. you started sharing about your business and what the, the tragedy, the tragedy that happened yeah. to your business. I'm like, that really wasn't long ago. Mm -mm. Nope. It's only been like seven months. Yeah. But isn't it powerful though? Like when women can just connect and be themselves in a safe, judgment-free place. Listen, Monica and I just had this conversation this morning, like brunch time. I had called her and was, was like brainstorming some ideas back and forth with her. And we yeah. got off topic and we were talking about that. And she was saying that she had just talked to you and Millie about it, too, like on separate conversations on the phone. Yeah. And I was because I started out, I was just like, you have no idea what our friendship does for me, because I have yeah. been praying to the universe, to Mother Earth to God, to all that is pure and good in this world, in the next dimension for female connection. It's so needed. I needed it so bad, Marilyn. Like I told you guys, I have my two friends here in locally within a 30 minute time frame to get to their house, but they work so much being nurses and especially with COVID is really bad right now. And then like, even before COVID, I didn't see them maybe, but maybe once or twice a month. And I didn't talk to them that much. Like usually the week that I saw them is the same week that I talked to them. So we're talking about talking to them maybe once or twice a month. You know what I mean? And our lives are completely different just because of the, and both of them are nurses. So they have that com camaraderie and they also have that best friend relationship with one another apart from me. Right. You know what I mean? They have that commonality with, the, with one another. And then I didn't have any other connections because I've always, I've been a business owner for 10 years. And so I don't go to work and meet people. You know what I mean? Right. Totally. So it's, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. And now being a work from home mom, because we're not going to call ourselves stay at home moms anymore because exactly. we do so much more than that. Exactly. Period. With the T at the that. end. <laughs> period. Okay. <laughs> and I just, I, my, my mom can tell you I've cried because I didn't have a female connection. But, you know, I think with you, because we're very similar, because you're such an empath. Yeah. You already feel like you're a little different than everybody else because mm -hmm. you pick up on so many things energetically. Yeah, absolutely right, man. Absolutely yeah. right. So, like, our friendships have, the friendships I've made online this year, like, have been priceless. priceless you know what I told myself, man. too? Like, when we started this, like, the four M's. Right. Um, we'll tell you guys about what we'll, that is later. <laughs> we'll tell you guys about that later. Um, but... You know, there was a level of me like, okay, am I, sometimes like you think about past relationships and friendships, mm -hmm. like growing up and mm -hmm. you give yourself your all and then they stop being loyal to you or they're not, um, authentic. And then you become guarded. That's what happened to me. Yes. I just became a little bit guarded. Mm -hmm. Also, I, I am an empath. I'm an intuitive. I pick up on people's emotions and feelings and oftentimes I'm like, I can walk into a room and I can feel the vibe and I automatically think, oh my gosh, it's me. I'm weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really never about me. You know, it's mm -hmm. usually everybody with their own things. And so this year when I started my podcast, it was a challenge 
not just to myself, but to women to have deeper, authentic and raw conversations. Mm. Because if you always show up as your authentic self, what can go wrong? And if it does, who cares? Because if it does, you never betrayed yourself. If it does, you never betrayed yourself. And so when we, you know, started developing our friendship and started getting to know each other, I was like, okay, you just continue being your authentic self. And if they're willing to show up for you the way that you show up for them, then this is good. And it's been amazing. And isn't it funny how it's never the people you thought it was going to be? Yeah. Because there was people in the community that I connected with, like, in earlier parts of the year. And I thought they would have been the ones. And they ended up not being the ones of that smaller community that I needed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because we have such a big community even though infertility and infertility community is small it's still so big and then it, 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 it you know and it it gets clickish and but let's 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 redefine what click is let's redefine that and say that it's okay to have a click because you cannot be friends with everybody you're not going to vibe with everyone and right. so you need a click you need a click you need a smaller group of women that is on the same page as you that are going in the direction that you are and you have so much in common with that brings you together. You know what I'm saying? So let's, let's stop, let's stop looking at clicks as being a negative thing. Can we do that in 2021, especially in the infertility community? You know, I think that, I think we are personally responsible for that. Right. I think oftentimes Mm -hmm. we use that as an excuse to like, not be ourselves like, Oh, it's too clickish. Like I can't go there. But mm-hmm. really, it's your own responsibility to show up as your authentic self and try to co- make connections. You have to put yourself out there. You can't just sit on the sidelines. Like, you really do have to stick your neck out and put yourself out there and engage with people and make comments on their pages or send them a DM or say, hey, like, are you on Marco Polo? Like, do you have a phone number? Like, let's text. Or, you know, there you have to have, you have to own that too, you know? Yeah. And then when you do and if the other party or person or click i guess doesn't show up for you then those aren't your people yeah and then you move on because you're going to go through some phases with like clicks you thought you were like people groups of small groups of people that you thought you were going to be close to and you're going to go through cycles you know what i mean right. and i and As i feel like yeah evolve, which is totally yeah. fine it's mm-hmm. totally fine because we are we all experience things differently mm-hmm. and i think the important thing is that we show up empathetic and kind to to each other. Amen. Yeah. I think it's important that like we all continue to show up as our authentic selves that if we want a group to belong to that we it's available. Take, take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have to take a step forward. Yeah, and you know what and you know what this year has taught me, especially having a podcast and it being a public platform yeah. that's all inclusive with so many different people coming at you, you know, as an impact that can be a lot sometimes, right? And so with so many different people coming at you with so many different backgrounds and diverse backgrounds and stories and stuff like that, this year has taught me that the best way to get through overwhelm as an empath is to just be vulnerable and get on. And I'll get on stories. You see me and I've seen you do it. Like I'll get on stories and be like, y'all, I'm not here for it today. I'm going to log off. Well, today you said that you were going to take a social media break this weekend. I was like, no, does that mean you're leaving me on Marco Polo? (laughs) No, because Marco Polo is not social media. That's 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 like that's like FaceTime. You know what I'm saying? And we could just get back on there and look at the videos when we can. But like, I'm just saying, like, as far as like, I'm not going to post anything on Instagram. Right. I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll be um, December, uh, (laughs) December 11th. But, you know, so I'm not going to post anything on the gram. 
and I, I may just put a story or two up just so like my page still looks active for the algorithm the algorithm you know we gotta we gotta freaking we'll just bre- abbreviate it we'll call it the, the algo. algo yeah the so algo. <laughs> we gotta appease we gotta appease the algo as content and we'll re- creators and we'll, yeah and we'll, and we'll respell it like a l g o e u h algo <laughs> keep the make <laughs> the h sound algo <laughs> Like sounds Van like Go. yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> and then it sounds like something out of freaking lord of the rings or something you know what i mean <laughs> harry potter two of my harry favorite potter. movies you know <laughs> so i mean like you know you know what and especially with the in, you know infertility has taught me nothing else it has taught me to speak my freaking truth no matter who it hurts because sometimes i think we get scared of the way people are going to respond to who we truly are and yeah and you know, you know I what think like I think if you speak your truth and that is your own truth, I think that just means you're not, you've chosen to no longer betray yourself. Mm-hmm. And if it hurts somebody else, that just means that you they know, have they worked have today. So, yeah. They've got some things to work through because we all have our pain bodies. We all have things that we're working on. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to just sit with all of those things and never betray yourself. Yeah. And you can't, and you know what, when you're going through infertility, you kind of have to do that anyway, because totally. you will, you will not make it through if you're not honest with yourself and those around you that you care about and friends, yeah. you won't make it. And if you do make it like I did, because I did it, I've been here. It's going to be, di- it's going to be difficult. It's going to be yeah. way more difficult than it would if you just say what you had to say, like. Somebody give you a pregnancy announcement and it's somebody that knows that you're, it's your journey on infertility and you'd be like, congratulations, but I can't right now. Yeah, you've set that boundary to protect yourself. We've got to start being honest with people about where we are in and yeah. outside of fertility. We have to yeah. start and, in all and aspects. It's, and it's no one's, like, it's not our job to make anybody else understand us. No, not, not really. Mean? No, yeah, either they get it or they don't. Our, yeah, it's not our job to make anyone understand you. Like, can you imagine how fatiguing that would be if we Ooh. worked so hard to make sure everyone got you? No, Mm-mm. here I am. This is who I am. If you get me, great. If you don't get me, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Omar's here with us, you guys. Um, so, so you, Marilyn, have... You remember that song by Ludacris? I got hoes in different area codes. Oh my God. Girl, you have friends in different area codes, okay? Marilyn has has been all over the U.S., these United States of America. I just want to be able to travel as much as you have done. But not like in a hoish way. No, of course not, no. Like, because you guys have (laughs) lived in a couple different states together as a married couple, you know what I mean? And for work and stuff. And you've done a lot of great things in the past with your corporate America life. Yeah. So, you know, you've met a lot of diverse people. I think that's just so cool. I've never been able to make that many friends, people. I don't know. People just don't like me like that, man. You know, I think I think this is my thing. I have a lot of really great acquaintances, and mm-hmm. I have a select few of people that I call my friends. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And if I could, like, shoot You got a lot of connections. You, yeah, we'll yeah, call it the quality connections. with you, and if I could tease you, like, flirty, not, like, in a mean way, then you know I fucking love you. Right. You know, like that time you're right. on Marco Polo scratching your nose with your middle finger. I swear to God, I was just shot. thinking that same thing. I was like, please don't bring it up. Please don't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> so Monique, okay, so Monique is like telling a story on Marco Polo and she uses her, first of all, who the hell scratches their nose with their middle finger? I do. Like, That's why I don't have a lot middle, of friends. I'm kind of weird. Your, <laughs> is your middle finger stronger than your pointer? I just feel Absolutely. like my middle finger Absolutely. is not as like, 
I have long fingers too, so that's why I look okay, like okay. really pronounced. So not just that, like yeah. she sticks out her long ass middle finger with her <laughs> long ass pink <laughs> fucking nail, and she's scratching her nose, and I'm like, what the fuck is she flicking me off? And I'm like, she's not, but like it was funny. Listen. So I took a screenshot, and then I send it in our group text with our with Millie and Monica. And I'm like, did y'all catch uh, Monique flicking us off, flicking us off during her Marco? <laughs> so let's just say we've all changed Monique's photo and her contact to that photo. I got one of Marilyn too, though, because she was like imitating me on Marco, and I and I screenshotted that bad boy. You hear me? I got it. So guess what? The promotional video, the promotion. Look, the promotional photo is gonna be us with our middle fingers up. That's gonna be our. That's gonna be the wrap up promotional photo for season. <laughs> Season Listen, one of the Infertility VA podcast. Listen, yeah! Do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like the universe is so good to us right now. It's so great. And I hope you guys are enjoying this episode. And of course they are. <laughs> it's lighthearted. It's girl talk. Sheet and shit. If your hubby's listening, we promise to keep it TMI to a minimum. I promise. I promise. I promise. I don't promise. Okay. Well, Marilyn doesn't. I'm going to promise. <laughs> to try to keep it low if you're hubby's i know i have some listeners who listen with their hubby so hope you guys are joining this episode um of us shooting the shit so man i wanted to ask you a question about because it seems like like four years have gone by since we've had our babies right but it just seems like the blink of an eye like four years went by so freaking quick omg but if you're like me and everybody else all of our listener friends then every moment of your journey is still like a vivid memory in your mind and you could pull it up at any moment that you need to at the snap of a finger right so were there times during your journey or at a point a certain point in your journey maybe like a year into it or something like that where you started feeling like resentment resentment towards my spouse yeah or just in general yeah you know I my resentment kind of it was very interesting how it came about it was about maybe two or three years into my journey and by that time I was finishing up like my seventh IUI and getting ready for my first IVF. Okay. And I started resenting my parents. I was brought up in a very conservative household where I thought my gradual next step in life was to be cut was to get first to get married. Well, for, not even okay, let's backtrack. First, like do not have sex before you get married because if you do, you will get pregnant. Nothing like even remotely close to making out because you could get pregnant. And so I thought, gosh, like if I even got close to a guy, like I could get pregnant. And this is crazy. I saw a quiz in a 17, I think it was like teen magazine or like 17 magazine. One of those like pop teen pop mag. There was like an article, like I got pregnant through pre-com or something like that where like someone was making out with their boyfriend and they got semen on her jeans and she got pregnant what the? and i was like what so for me it was like you cannot get close to boys and if you do you will get pregnant and so i started to resent the fact that they didn't educate me really on my reproductive system and how it all works and that i had to figure that out on my own when i was trying to get pregnant because at school they don't really dive into that Mm -mm, not Um, at all and so I really felt resentment like it was my parents' job to teach me this. And no, you cannot get pregnant through your genes. And also that it's not that easy to get pregnant. So my parents use a lot of toxic positivity, which I have a huge issue with. And I really started to pull away a lot from them during my journey. I didn't really share a lot with what I was doing because I was so angry. 
And then as time passed on, I mm-hmm. started to resent my spouse because I felt like I was literally doing all the work. I was a pin, a human pin cushion. My body was no longer mine. It belonged to Wanda. Right. And you know it. All the hormones and injections. And I felt like a scientific experiment because an unexplained infertility essentially is like probably one of the, I feel like a, a sucky diagnosis to get because really it's like, I'm sorry, our medicine mm-hmm. and our expertise does not know how to get you pregnant, you know? And I just felt like, Honestly, I felt like every door was closing around me and that I was the one sacrificing so much and that my spouse was not. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that that resentment started to build during that time. And then I started seeing a therapist, which really helped me navigate a lot of like these funky feelings. Mm -hmm. But if I could get into a time machine like that DeLorean from Back to the Future and go back in time, I would say at the beginning of our infertility journey, I would really, really advocate for couples therapy. I agree. And I wish I could go to couples therapy, but Omar Sr. doesn't believe in therapy because he has been friends with therapists in the past. And he said, you know, they just as effed up as we are. So he turned, he's turned off by it. Yeah. But no one's perfect. You know what I mean? I get, yeah. You know, I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know you get it. Yeah. I just never, I think during that time I felt like it it was my body that wasn't doing what it was supposed to do so it was me that needed therapy and I was like here I am I'm all I'm all messed up like I can't get pregnant I'm mentally crazy I am an emotional mess like I'm just a wreck I'm I'm not doing anything right so like I'm gonna resent my spouse because he doesn't have to deal with all of this did you ever tell him how you felt why are you before therapy yeah for sure like as time went on like we started to have conversations about how I was feeling. And then um, there's a few things that really started working for our relationship. So my mom, I remember my mom telling me once, she's like, you have to have empathy and compassion. And so I was like, okay. So then I started wearing like my empathy and compassion lens. So how can we feel empathy and compassion for our partner when we feel resentment? And basically you have to start using specific statements that address the issue versus saying things like you pointing fingers or blaming the person using terms like you right right. but more using statements that are specific to the issue when the dishes aren't done it makes me feel xyz so basically putting the feeling on yourself like this is how that Mm -hmm. makes like that action makes me feel instead of saying the word you and Mm -hmm. then practice listening to understand and I think sometimes we think we're good listeners, but we're not good listeners. No, it took me a long time a to of, learn that. Yeah. yeah, a lot of times people listen and they're just waiting to say something. And I know that, you know, in a heated moment, I'm just like waiting for my sp- my husband to like finish making his point so that I can make mine, you know, but that's not effective. So you have to really practice listening to understand mm-hmm. and then check for mm-hmm. understanding by repeating back what they said to you, even even if you may not, it's really important to repeat back what they said because that is their truth and it shows that you're actively listening to them. And then finding a way to stay connected physically and understanding each other's love language. So this year mm. we found an app. Mm-mm-mm. We found an app um, in the app store called the Love Nudge that we use religiously here. Do my you? Husband and I. I want, let me go. Yeah, let me, it's called Love on, Nudge. Let me get my, let me get my iPhone. I'll... Yeah download it it's called love nudge and basically like you take the quiz to understand what your own love language is you request your spouse so you can follow your spouse on it and then you can see each other's 
love languages, the per- the breakdown in percentages, and there's a it's a really cu- there's a really cute section where it says like love love tank or something like that where mm. you know at the end of the day you're like did my spouse help me fill my love tank and then you like rate like the percentage but it really mm-hmm. keeps you aware of what each other's love language is so like my love language is acts of service not acts of service for me but being a work at home mom yeah. during covid can be very overwhelming so an act of service for me could be like noticing that the dishwasher is full unloading the dishwasher noticing that there's garbage in the bathroom taking a sec like it literally takes a second to go get a garbage bag and take out the garbage like those and little don't things. leave the toilet paper roll that's empty on top of the toilet seat yeah, or know. on the toilet paper that's already that you that you replace it with okay, how listen, hard is it to throw it in listen, the freaking holy crap i'm about to get pissed off oh my god to the, to the men that are listening you're already sitting on the toilet for 30 to 45 minutes, like scrolling on your phone. Take that extra step to put the roll on the spool. That's it. It takes a second. Listen, and then throw away the old one. Don't leave it on the back of the toilet yeah. seat. Yeah. Okay? But at least just put the new one on the spool. Right? And throw the old one away. Throw the old one. <laughs> I live with somebody who uh, does not throw the old one away. And there's yeah. a small cash trash can in the bathroom next to his foot. Yeah. And so for me, like when I see my husband do those things, like acknowledging it, that acknowledgement is so important. So like saying like, hey, babe, thank you so much for clearing out the dishwasher. I so appreciate it so that they know that you notice that that's what they did. You see, I I feel very differently about that. Yeah. You know, I think men and women were so different, right? Like for me, I do, I do need someone to say like, Hey, thank you. Like a simple thank you for me or Hey, how are you doing? Or how was your day? It's like, it's such a game changer for me. I feel so, I feel like someone really cares about me. They're like, or my husband, like if he stops and says, how was your day? Like yesterday, my husband was was like, how was your day? And he like made eye contact with me. I was like, oh my God, he cares about me. Who would have thunk it? (laughs) And don't just ask it just because I I told you that I needed you to do that every day. You know what I'm saying? Ask it and mean that shit. Yeah. And the way that you can mean it is like putting your phone away, like making eye contact, showing body language that allows the other person to feel like they're invited in, that you care, you know, maybe like grab your spouse by the waist and like give them a kiss or something that's unexpected because touch, physical touch is so important to staying connected with your spouse. Yeah. Or you can come up behind me while I'm washing the dishes and grabbing my boobies or something. You know what I'm saying? Like something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Omar Sr. is good for that. He is a touchy feely kind of guy. He's a cancer. They're really emotional people. Yeah. with their loved ones and so he doesn't have an issue holy shit my phone sorry guys <laughs> what the heck it's a comedy video <laughs> oh my gosh good thing it was appropriate not like the x-rated stuff i don't know they might like that though i don't know <laughs> <laughs> get some spice back in you after you've been on hormones for seven months goodness gracious yeah. so yeah like touch on your spouse man even like omar likes when i like if he's sitting down at the kitchen the di- the table that's in the kitchen i'm sorry and so if I walk past him and um, he has straight Your kitchen table, I don't fucking know, man. I'm, I have had like a couple <laughs> libations. Okay. So I don't know the table in the kitchen, the round table in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> you guys, this is so ghetto. Oh my gosh. I got to get in it together. And me podcast. <laughs> Period. With a Period. With a P E R I O D T. Period. Okay. Period. Okay. You heard it here first. Shut up, man. 
impressions of everybody are like priceless. If you're not following Marilyn B. Gomez on Instagram, you're freaking missing out because Marilyn has her little British accent that she's made up and created. It's so cute. <laughs> she does all kinds of stuff. Okay, it's back really to the bad. subject at hand. So like Omar Sr. likes when I come up behind him and walk past him and I like put my rub my fingers through the back of his hair, the nape of his oh, neck. Because and his hair you. is like, yes, his hair is, is um, you guys know, I've said it before, he's South Asian, so his hair is real straight. So I just slip my fingers in there and rub the back of his neck. I don't say nothing. I don't ask him how he's doing. I don't say hello, good morning or nothing. I just do that. And he's ready. You know what I mean? So it's like the small things. Like for me, bring me some flowers. Like he's ready for what? To jump my bones, man. Oh, what do you mean? okay. Yes. Okay. He, like, right. listen. Just clarifying. That man, if he could have sex every day, he would. Really? Yes. He would do it. Oh he has gosh. no issues with wanting to jump my bones. How old is he? He's, we're the same age. Okay. We're the same age, so I hopefully when we get in our forties, it won't change, you know, because maybe I'll get my libido back because my libido is slow right now. But that's so common after having a child, and then you're working from home, and then you have a, you know, a four-year-old or almost four-year-old, and it's just a lot. My libido was slow before that, Marilyn. After I hit, um, after like thirty, womp womp womp. Yeah, I used to be like a rabbit in my twenties. It was bad. Really? Not bad to the point where I was like sleeping with everybody or nothing like that. But I was a horn dog. Like just the phone call could get me going. I was ready. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh. I'm yes. ready like all the time. Yeah, I know you are. You're Capricorn. You guys you guys <laughs> don't have no problem with that with that. All my other girlfriends that have been like Capricorns, you guys don't have that issue at all. Like at no, all. No problem. It's a blessing. No. Cherish it. Cherish it. <laughs> Wrap it up in a box. Put a big so, red bow yeah, on it. man, just like doing the little things because like for our listener friends, they're in the midst of fertility, right? Doesn't matter whether you're in a heterosexual or same sex marriage, just, you know what they like. If they like to be kissed on the neck, say good morning and kiss them on the neck instead of kissing them on the lips. Flip it yeah. and reverse and it. Like, you know what I mean? I think like, like physical touch, I think is one of the love languages. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to know that, you know, what you're partner's primary love language because my husband is I think his number one is either quality time or physical touch and for me like I don't want to spend quality time with you if you are not filling my acts of service right you know what I mean right and so I think that's where we really have to take a step back and making sure that we're um communicating with our spouse in a way that we can understand where each other are because you know this year specifically has been so interesting right because Mm -hmm. many of us are working from home and we're not meant to be with our significant other 24 7 i mean and not at all i'd like to think that most of us are not out and about right like hanging out with our friends outside the house but like finding a way to recharge alone whether it's going on a walk or going you know on a hike or moving your body outside or doing something by yourself I think is so important to recharge that you can show up for your significant other yeah yeah it's real difficult because I know like for us like Omar his love language is quality time Mm -hmm. and affection and so he doesn't (laughs) listen he has a very small group of friends like I do and he can go months without seeing them because he would rather be home with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? The same way. Yeah. He's a homebody. And 
you know us, Libras and Capricorns, we the life of the party, y'all. We trying to we trying to go socialize with our girls and yeah. stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I think women just need other women, period. I, I feel, because I watched my dad do the same thing. He's a Gemini and he's introverted. And he had his group of little buddies that he had for very many, for a long time. And he didn't have to see them all the time. Like they would get together two or three times a year. I'm like, how do you go two, four, five, and six months without seeing your friends? That can't work for me. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's so, it's so, it's so interesting how women and men are different that way. Like men are just focused on work and making those dollar bills. They're motivated by their family. They're motivated by, you know, building a life with their family and stuff. And that's enough for them. That's not enough for me. Being a mom is not enough for me. Being a wife is not enough for me. I need female connection and I need connection, period. Yeah, those are real. Exactly. Yeah, those are roles, exactly. right? Like the female connection is who fills us, our human being, our souls up. But like the role of a wife, the role of a mother cannot be, can't be enough for you because if those roles are taken away, then who are you really? Amen. And that's what we talked about on your podcast episode when I was yeah. on there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then for those for our listener friends who are in the waiting, you know, I know it's hard to connect with people that you're close to, but you got to get on Marco Polo or something, do video chats. You have to do something and connect with people outside of the fertility community, too, is very important. Yeah. And so, like, I, you know, for me, I see a lot of people that have, like, primary accounts as, like, documenting their entire infertility journey and which is a very difficult journey i was on there for 10 years right but i think it's so important to serve yourself and show people the different facets of you because you are not your journey and so finding a way to like show other aspects of you as well is so important for that engagement piece for the for the ability to like um make friends in the infertility community to Mm -hmm. find your tribe Mm -hmm. to find your people I think it's so important to share the whole version of you and not just that infertility part. Yeah, because then you, you find your commonality with people based on your infertility journey, but then they don't know anything else about you unless right. you get to the point where you speak offline, you know right. what I mean? Because and you're exchanging people, phone numbers. Like, you know, they'll have a successful cycle and then and then where do the friendships go? Right. Like it wasn't a real friendship to begin with. It was just it was just a community aspect right. bringing you together. Which is fine, but I definitely think we should we should promote who we are as a whole more right. on our respective I'm, platforms yeah, in definitely. the community so that people can know who we are outside of infertility. Like we talk, you know what, we talk about who are we and making sure that we stay connected to who we are outside of infertility, but you're so right. Many, many people don't share the other aspects of their life right. which is outside fine. of it, which think, is fine. Think, yeah, yeah. but for those fine. with public pages, I think right. it's your duty to show people the other facets of you. Well, I think it'd be nice to get to know other facets of people, you know, mm-hmm. other than just, you know, the infertility, infertility. Yeah. Which is heavy. I mean, infertility heavy. sucks. I mean, heavy. it sucks. And, you yeah. know, I, we're more than that. We really are. So much more. I mean, there's women who are lawyers who follow both you and I who are in the midst of it. I know I have yeah. some lawyers, those who are um, in, in that field, that niche of work, CEOs. You know, business owners and all kinds of people, chefs, you know, one in eight, y'all. When we I've been saying it the last couple episodes, one in eight. When you go to the grocery store, one in eight. If you're a loss, if you've survived loss, one in four. Yeah. Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. And there's a couple of fertility specialists who are public figures on the Instagram community and they're going through infertility therapists. Mm -hmm. 
who are in the infertility community going through it. Yeah. You know, like Regina from um, Broken Brown Eggs said, it's, mm-hmm. it's bigger than babies. It's bigger than babies. Knock on wood. I could just die right there with that one statement. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you were saying at the beginning of the episode is that we just have to be comfortable in who we are and being comfortable in showing that to everyone. And being okay with some people rejecting us. So, since you brought up Regi- Regina from Broken Brown Egg a mm-hmm. few days ago, she put on a post that is so, like, the what we're talking about. She put, before this is all over, you might change your mind, your route, and your team. You may even feel like you've changed your very you. And that's when it says, know that it's okay to grieve all those things. And mm-hmm. I remember that post. So, yeah, it's so, so powerful because basically you're you're giving yourself permission to change everything. But as long as you sit with your grief, you can continue to be who you are. Right. Right. That authenticity piece. Yeah. The authenticity. Back to that again. And I mean, she's got some powerful stuff. on. Yeah. Her page. Regina's, you know, she's a librarian um, by 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 work and her degree is I don't know what her degree is in but she's I know she's a librarian and she's a thinker yeah and she really hits home and I love every every time that she speaks on somebody's platform I'm there for it me too because I love the way she presents the message and I love her authenticity you know and she's not afraid to get candid and to be brush she and to be what's the word I'm looking for be but like her her delivery is so gentle and to the point you know yeah yeah and I love it I'm here for it all the way you guys know that and um we love you regina regina you're the you're the bomb.com girl happy holidays happy new year and i love you guys so much thank you for being here with me over the last 13 months you guys are incredible 